0: Please turn your attention to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 15, and we return again to the Lord's Prayer, his teaching his disciples how to pray. And this is what he says, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is God's word. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we know that when your word is rightly preached, your voice is clearly heard. And so we do pray that I would be enabled to rightly preach and handle your word in a way that we hear your voice. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We have been studying the Lord's Prayer this fall, and this morning we come finally to petition, which is what most people think of when they think of praying, is petition, asking. You know, when we face a difficult circumstance, we pray, we ask. When we receive the cancer diagnosis, we pray. We ask for healing. When we're unemployed and we need a job, we pray. We petition. We ask for a job. Jesus has taught us so far that there are some important things that come before petition. And those are recollection, remembering who it is that we pray to. Sometimes we rush so fast into petition, we forget who we're speaking to. And there's this moment of recollection. Our Father in heaven, pause. Recollect. Remember who we are approaching. And then we hallow God's name. Praise comes before petition. We pray your kingdom come as we just did. Remembering God's concerns first before our concerns. And then we pray your will be done. Prayer is surrender. Prayer is not trying to bend God to our will, but it's bending our will to God. And then and only then do we get to petition. But of course, there's nothing wrong with petition. In in fact, we are encouraged to petition throughout Scripture. Isaiah 38, Hezekiah is ill and he's at the point of death. And Scripture tells us that he prays to God. And God responds and says, I have heard your prayer and will add 15 years to your life. There's an encouragement to petitionary prayer. In John 14, 14, Jesus says, ask for anything in my name and I will do it. James 4, 2 and 3. You do not have because you do not ask God. And then later, James says in chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. In other words, Elijah, we're told, was a man just like us. And yet uh, he's offered up as an example of how effective petitionary prayer can be. He prayed that it would not rain, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And then he prayed for rain, and the heavens opened up. And John Calvin, who firmly believed in God's sovereignty, concludes this about prayer. He says, it was a notable event for God to put heaven in some sense under the control of Elijah's prayers, to be obedient to his requests, by his prayers, Elijah kept heaven shut for three, and a, three years and a half. Then he opened it and made it suddenly pour with a great rain, from which we may see the miraculous power of prayer. It's John Calvin. God is sovereign over all things. And yet, in, in, in some way, in a mystery we'll never fully understand, God says that our petitionary prayers matter. That he responds to them. And that should make us want to petition And pray and ask in the Lord's Prayer we are invited to petition God in this phrase give us today our daily bread which I would like to consider together this morning Jesus here is teaching us to pray for our daily bread and in order to pray this rightly I think there are three things that we need to recognize which I'd like to lay out for our consideration this morning I think we we need to recognize the God we depend on the bread we need and the people we are in Christ. The God we depend on, the bread we need, and the people we are in Christ. First, the God we depend on. One of the striking things I think about this petition, if you think about it, is we are going before a holy transcendent God and we're asking him to give us something. I mean, it's kind of like marching into the Oval Office of the White House saying, give me this. I mean, is that not a little bit bold? And demanding? I point out that the petition here is give, not gimme. If your child said to you, gimme, give, give me money, give me an iPhone, give me a car, you might not respond too well. But if they come to you with a request, would you help me communicate with my friends? Would you help me get to practice? I'm not sure how I'm going to get to practice today. You see, you would respond differently because there is a difference between demand and request. And Jesus here is teaching us request. He's teaching us petition. Granted, it's not the first thing we're called to pray for. We are called to pray for God's name and his kingdom and his will. And I think the order is important. The order keeps our petitionary prayers from being demanding and spoiled. And yet at the same time, there is a place for petition. There is a place for asking and request. in this case for our daily bread. And if we pray this prayer, as Jesus teaches us, it's because we recognize our dependence on God, even for basic necessities. See, the time that we usually pray is when there's a crisis. Eh? You know, that's just when everyone prays, when we're, when we're in over our heads, right? That's when we pray, or, or when we get that devastating health diagnosis, or, or we, we are in a situation that we can't control, that's when we pray. But most of us think that we can handle the smaller stuff. I mean, our next meal? You know, I'll just stop by Chipotle and pick something up, right? We don't feel like we need to pray for those things. We have a savings account, we have a bank account, and we can take care of those things. But Jesus here is teaching us in this petition that we are dependent on God even for basic necessities. And he communicates the depth of our dependence in this word daily. It is a somewhat disputed word because it appears only here in the Lord's Prayer. And so it probably so the meaning is, is a little bit uncertain, but it probably means something like immediately following. So if we pray this prayer in the morning, we're praying for bread immediately following, so for the day. If we pray this prayer at night, immediately following is the next day. We're praying for, for the bread for the next day. We are praying and, and taught to pray for what we need one day at a time. Which maybe made a lot of sense in the first century. Like if you were in the first century, if you were a day laborer, it meant that you were paid one day at a time. You worked and you got paid. If you didn't work, you didn't get paid. And so this, this prayer made a lot of sense. If you, if, you were, if you didn't work, you might not have food at the end of the day. If you, if you got sick and weren't able to work, you might not have food for the rest of the day. So the, this prayer makes a lot of sense in that situation. But Jesus is teaching us to pray this prayer even if we're not a day laborer. Even if we have a checking and savings account, Jesus teaches us to pray for our daily bread as a recognition of our daily dependence on God. It's the same lesson, my friends, that God was trying to teach his people in the wilderness when he fed them daily with manna. Manna, this bread from heaven, came down every day and they were told to gather up what they needed for that day only, right? If people tried to, like, save up bread for the next day, it got moldy. It was just a lesson. God was teaching his people just for this day. This is bread for this day. I'll provide tomorrow's uh, bread for you tomorrow. It's teaching daily dependence for our basic needs. And Jesus, in this petition, is teaching us the very same thing. And this is a challenge. This is a challenge for us because we don't like being dependent. We make it our life goal to be as self-sufficient as possible so we don't have to ask others for help. Like, we don't have to be dependent, right? And yet there is a, de- a deception in our self-sufficiency. Think of Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel. He was a king of Babylon, the most powerful and wealthy man in the world at his time. He could build anything he wanted. He could buy anything he wanted. He could do anything he wanted. In other words, he was in a place of wealth and power that most people never get to experience. And just when he was at the height of it all, he was walking on the roof of his royal palace in Babylon, saying to himself, is this not the great Babylon that I've built as my royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? I mean, self-sufficiency and independence at their height. Life is by me and life is for me. And Scripture says that the words were still on his lips when the command came from heaven, that because he had not acknowledged that God is a sovereign one in heaven, he would be driven away from the palace to live like a wild beast. In one day, Nebuchadnezzar lost everything. I think there are moments in our lives when we are reminded of our dependence on God. Remember this moment a few months after we moved to New Jersey, and some of you were here at the same time, Hurricane Sandy hit. And I don't think anyone was prepared for what happened on the other side of Hurricane Sandy. I mean, I know in our town, 75% of people were without power for a whole week. If you were here in this area at that time, you remember there there were gas lines in this area. There were fights breaking out in gas lines uh, around this area. People were driving to Pennsylvania to get gas, just to keep their generators going. And I was reminded how weak our infrastructure really is. I mean, the reality is we're one hurricane away from being really dependent and needy. See how much do we recognize our dependence on God? One of the best litmus tests is prayer. I mean, prayer is an expression of our dependence on God. And so if we're not praying, no matter how much we say we're depending on God, we're really not because we're not asking him. We're not depending on him. We're really just depending on our own efforts and our own strength and our own abilities. We're treating ourselves as self-sufficient if we don't pray. And here's the delusion of, of our self-sufficiency. It's like a toaster boasting of its self-sufficiency to the wall outlet that they're plugged into. See, so we say to ourselves, like, I don't, I don't really need God. I mean, look, I, I have a good education. I've got a good job. I can work. I, I, can, I can work for what I need. But with what? On whose power? Who's given you the abilities that you have? Who's given you the health that you have? I mean, what if cancer is is coursing through our body right now and we don't even know it? What if a natural disaster hits? James, the book of New Testament wisdom, says life is a vapor. Is that temporary? I mean, how how temporary is a vapor? I mean, you blow on a vapor and it's gone. And James says life is a vapor. We're that sustained by God. We're that dependent on Him. This is the God we depend on, and only when we recognize this do we begin to pray this petition. So first, we need to see and recognize the God we depend on. Secondly, we need to recognize the bread we need. Here's another striking thing about this petition. It's about bread, which is about the most mundane, daily thing that you can imagine, and because of that, The church fathers didn't think that Jesus was actually referring to literal bread here after all the lofty petitions that preceded God's will as his kingdom. So Origen, for example, thought in this petition about bread that Jesus was really talking about the Word of God. Jerome thought he was talking about the Lord's Supper. But most commentators today would say that Jesus is talking about plain old bread, this staple need that we have. Jesus is talking about the bread that we need representing our basic needs. Notice that this petition is for our daily bread. Not our daily dessert or our daily donut or our daily Starbucks venti half cap triple shot uh, caramel mocha soy blended frappuccino. (laughs) I remember the first time I discovered complicated Starbucks drinks. I was with a friend and I offered to get him coffee and he said, are you sure I'm expensive? (laughs) And he's a pastor. And I discovered how expensive he is. There is an important balance in this petition. Jesus is not suggesting asceticism. He's not suggesting that we eat only bread, that we should never experience an expensive Starbucks drink. Because God created food and coffee and and, and marriage and everything in creation for our enjoyment. 1 Timothy 4 says everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. Remember Jesus' first miracle was to turn water into wine so that the wedding celebration could continue. Jesus is not suggesting asceticism. But he's also warning us against overindulgence. We're we're taught to pray for our basic needs, not our greeds. Proverbs, the book of wisdom, teaches us to ask for our daily bread because of the dangers of greed. The writer of Proverbs says, Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. There's a spiritual danger of having too much. It's the danger of forgetting God. It's what God warned the Israelites when he brought them into the promised land, this land of plenty and fruit. and, And when they were entering the promised land, in Deuteronomy 8, God says, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, When your herds grow large, be careful. Don't forget God. See, when we have plenty, it's easy to lose sight of our dependence on God. The writer of Proverbs prays, don't give me riches. I mean, do you know anybody that prays, please, God, don't make me too rich. No one prays that. Because we don't really believe the danger of greed. We don't really believe that the love of money can undo us. But I tell you, many have sacrificed their marriage, their family, their integrity for the love of money. Jesus here is teaching us to pray for our daily bread. It's not asceticism, asceticism, nor is it overindulgence. It's our daily bread. It's our essential needs. When Jesus teaches us this petition, he's reminding us of the wisdom of contentment. I have enough, I have my daily bread and that is enough. First Timothy six, but godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we could take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, that is our daily bread, we will be content with that. You see my friends, Jesus is teaching us to recognize the bread that we need. Thomas Watson, the great Puritan Put this this way. He says, sunshine is pleasant, but sometimes it scorches. I mean, think about this. Sunshine is great. I mean, we love the sunshine. The summer down on the Jersey Shore, the the sunshine is awesome. I mean, it's it's, warmth. It's encouraging. It lifts our spirits. It gives us a healthy glow. We get some vitamin D while we're at it. But too much sun, and we can get burned by it. Too much sun, and we can get skin cancer. And therefore, the wisdom is knowing how much is enough. And Jesus is saying the same thing here. He's saying, why is there a person who is content with their daily bread without trying to get the whole loaf? See, we need to recognize the bread that we need. The question is, how much is enough? Are we seeking our daily bread, or are we seeking the whole loaf? Is this a need, or is this a greed? That's not always easy to know, is it? Is this house that I really want, is this a need or is this a greed? This new car that I want to buy, is this a need or is this a greed? Is this technology upgrade that I like to make, is this a need or a greed? It's not always easy to know. And here's where I would suggest that I think we need to trust that our, our Heavenly Father know, does know. He knows what is best. He knows the difference between a need and a greed. It's like when my children were young, especially, and they would come to me with a request. I would sort through their request. I wouldn't just give them what they asked for. I'd say, yes, that's a great request. I'd be happy to get that for you. I'd say, you know, that's not the best thing for you. It's not the, great, the, the best timing for it. And I'd say, like, let me give you this instead. This is the better thing. And God does the same thing for us as our Heavenly Father. He sorts through our requests, and therefore we need to trust God. He won't always give us what we ask for, but he'll give us what we need. And I think there's no mistake that he gives us the ultimate thing we need in Jesus Christ. Jesus, it's no mistake, calls himself the bread of life, the true manna from heaven, the true bread that we need. John 6, Jesus says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry or thirsty. That's the bread that we need. Jesus himself, he meets a far more fundamental need than our physical hunger. Jesus ultimately is the bread that we need. He gives us forgiveness of sins, which we'll consider, that's the next phrase that we'll consider in the Lord's Prayer. He makes us sons and daughters of God. He gives us the status that we need and long for. He enables us to pray this prayer to God as our Father. So we need to recognize the bread that we need. Lastly, we need to recognize the people that we are in Christ. In Christ, God invites us to pray for our daily bread. Martin Lloyd-Jones, the great British pastor in the last generation, observed this. Is there not something extraordinary and wonderful about the connection between this request... And the previous requests. Is not this one of the most wonderful things in the whole of scripture that the God who is the creator and sustainer of the universe, the God who is forming his eternal kingdom and who will usher it in at the end, the God to whom the nations are but the small dust on the balance, that such a God should be prepared to consider your little needs and mine even down to the minutest details in this matter of daily In other words this petition tells us about the God we depend on, the bread we need, and also the people who we are in Christ. This is a prayer that Jesus teaches his disciples, Christians, people who can address God as their Heavenly Father. And the striking thing, the very striking and wonderful thing is that the God of the universe, whose name ought to be hallowed throughout the universe, who's bringing his eternal kingdom, cares about your basic needs and wants to hear about those from you every day. God doesn't provide a year's supply of bread. He doesn't give us it this in lump sum. He'd rather you and I come to him every day for the bread that we need. Before our family came to Redeemer, Mount Clair, I was uh, in Chicago, and I was a stay-at-home dad for two years, working on my dissertation and caring for our kids. I was a stay-at-home dad for two years. And during those years, my, our, our two older girls were in school, and so that meant uh, my son and I were together for a lot of the time by ourselves. My son, uh, those two years were his half day of preschool and half day of kindergarten. And what that meant was that we would have lunch together every day, just the two of us at the table for two years straight. And I, will, I will cherish those days for the rest of my life. It's interesting, we had almost the same lunch every day. Chicken nuggets. <laughs> Not daily bread, but daily chicken nuggets. Because you know, you know uh, those, that's what little boys eat. And so I thought about it. Like, I could have just gotten a month's supply of chicken nuggets and you know, taught him to punch the buttons in the microwave and like go for it, knock yourself out. But I didn't. I, I wanted to make his lunch every day. And I wanted us to sit together for lunch every day, because I cherished that time together. And what Jesus is saying is that we have a Heavenly Father just like that, who loves us so much, He wants daily contact with us. So we don't have to pray this, we get to pray this. Give us today our daily bread, because we have a Father that loves us that much, that in a manner of speaking, wants to have lunch with us every day. Jesus says in Matthew 7, He says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus is saying here that God is kinder than the kindest human father on earth. And I know some pretty kind dads. I've seen them. I know dads that drive their kids to every practice, go to every game take their kids to to out-of-town tournaments no matter how far, not just for a few months, but for years. It's the kindness of our, our fathers. And Jesus says, how much more? How much more kind is our heavenly father? God is kinder than any human father. And if we realize this, if we realize the people that we are in Christ, so deeply loved, by a father like this. We'll want to pray for our daily bread. Hudson Taylor was a great missionary to China in the 1800s and he recorded in his autobiography a moment where he grew in his trust of God. Early in his life before he went to China as a missionary, he figured out that he only needed a third of his income to live on, which freed up the remaining two thirds of his income for God's use. And he, he learned that the less he spent on himself and the more he gave away, the happier and more blessed he felt. One weekend, however, because a paycheck had not come through, he found himself with only a 10-pence coin in his pocket. And after church, a poor man asked him to come pray for his wife who was dying. The family was starving, and the man didn't have any money. And immediately, Hudson Taylor began thinking about the 10-pence coin in his pocket. But he realized that if he gave it away, he wouldn't have any dinner for himself the next night. And so he began thinking to himself, If only I had a five-pence coin and five pennies instead of this ten-pence coin, then I'd gladly give these folks five pence. But he couldn't give up that ten-pence coin. But when he began to comfort them or try to comfort them by reminding them of what a kind and loving Father God is, this is what he said happened. He said, you hypocrite, something inside me said. Telling these people about a kind, loving Father in heaven when you're not ready to trust Him yourself unless you have ten pence. And then he tried to pray for the family. He says, I knelt down and I barely opened my mouth with our Father who art in heaven when my conscience spoke inside of me. Do you dare mock, mock God? Do you dare to kneel down and call him Father with ten pence in your pocket? He says, Before or since I have never experienced so much inner conflict. I have no idea how I got through that form prayer. I didn't know whether the words were connected or not. I got up from my knees in turmoil. The poor father turned to me. You see what a terrible state we're in. If you can help us, for God's sake, please do so. Hudson Taylor said the words flashed into his mind at that moment. Give to everyone who asks of you. And he says, there's power in God's word. So I put my hand in my pocket and slowly pull out that 10 pence coin and I hand it to the man. I had been trying to tell him the truth. God really was a father. He really could be trusted. So the joy flooded back into my heart. Finally, I could talk and really mean it. It wasn't just the poor woman's life that was saved, I realized my life was saved as well. I would have been a wreck as a Christian if grace had not conquered me in that moment, if I had not obeyed the Spirit's leading. Hudson Taylor went home and the next morning an unexpected envelope arrived in the mail. He opened the envelope and 40 pence fell out. And Hudson Taylor wrote in his diary, 400% return on a 12 hour investment, that's pretty good interest. Right then and there, I decided that a bank that couldn't break would have my savings and my earnings, and I've never regretted that decision. This is the people we are in Christ, so loved by God. He cares about our smallest daily needs. Briefly, let me lay out three applications. It means that we can be generous if we have a loving heavenly father who is generous with us we then can be generous with others notice in this prayer petition we don't pray for my daily needs we pray for our daily needs it's plural it's a corporate prayer request in other words we're not praying just for our own daily needs we're praying for the needs of our brothers and sisters in christ which is then a commitment to share we receive bread ourselves we share with us. We can be generous. Secondly, we also don't need to worry, which we do all the time from sunup till sundown. We, we worry. We, we uh, worry when we first wake up. We worry about getting our kids to school on time. We worry about layoffs at work. We worry about our health. We, we worry about that tickle in our throat. Is that, is that a cold? Is that something more? We worry about the economy. We worry about politics. When we go to sleep, we're worrying. So we can't sleep because we're worrying so much. And Jesus says to us, don't be anxious. Look at the birds of the air. See how your Heavenly Father feeds them. Look at the lilies of the fields. See how uh, uh, your Heavenly Father clothes them. How much more valuable are you than them? Jesus says, don't be anxious if you have a generous Heavenly Father. Third, instead, we can pray. We are taught to pray this simple but powerful prayer. Give us today our daily bread. How much is embedded in those words? The God we depend on the bread we need, and the people we are in Christ. So loved by your Heavenly Father, there's nothing too small that he doesn't want to hear from you about. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a loving Heavenly Father who delights and requests and invites his children to come to him daily with their needs. Would you teach us how to do that? In light of how much you love us in Christ. Help us to want to come to you daily in this way. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.